What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let's Talk Harper Public Schools. Let's Talk Harper Public Schools is a talk show designed to highlight the schools here in Harper, Connecticut. We discuss our beautiful and capable students, as well as our staff, families, and partners. Each show, we invite a guest on to talk about who they are, what their relationship is to our schools and their successes, as well as their challenges. I am your host, Mr. Rich. I have been a resident, student, teacher, principal, and now executive director, and I will be your guide on this conversational journey. With that said, let's get into our second guest of the season in our new school year, uh, Mr. Jose Colon. And Mr. Jose Colon is the proud principal of sports <clears throat> and medical sciences academy here in Hartford, one of our magnet schools, uh, one of our more successful schools in Hartford grade six through 12. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on and providing this opportunity to share a little bit about um, our school, our community, and myself. Absolutely, brother. I mean, we can be formal. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. you and I, we know each other, right? So <laughs> we sure do. A little informal, too. Jose and I went to the same, you know, we, we have a lot of guests on from Hartford. Jose went to Hartford High with me, graduated in the same year. So, you know, we are cool. It's, it's a great opportunity to talk to you. We have another relationship. Our professional relationship is different too, though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you. Go ahead. Tell us about yourself, man. So um, again, thank you for the opportunity. Um, my name is Jose Colon. I indeed am the proud principal of the Sport and Medical Sciences Academy. Um, I was born and raised right here in Hartford. Um, I'm proud of the fact that um, I received my formal education um, in the Hartford Public School System. Um, I was, uh, I moved around a lot. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. yeah, I moved around a lot, um, but mostly uh, moved around a lot within the north end of Hartford. Okay. Um, and so I attended, um, well, my first um, school actually, and I have a, a sort of a, a running joke that every single school that I attended in Hartford yeah. in some way, shape or form doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, uh, starting off with um, my first school where I went to um, pre-K and kindergarten um, was a school named La Escuelita and La Escuelita was the bilingual school. Um, actually, it was located in what is now or, or adjacent to what is now the Hartford Police Department. Um, I don't even know if Tyrone knew that. Wow, um, I didn't know about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so in 1979 and 80, um, La Escuelita actually closed down, and all of the students from that school um, had to go to the bigger neighborhood school at the time, and that was Barnard Brown Barnard School. Brown. Right, and so I did Barnard Brown um, from first grade on. Um, I had an amazing experience at Barnard Brown. I, I think I credit that um, that educational experience and the the care and love and education that I got from some amazing teachers there, um, who recommended saw something in me and recommended me to um, take part or participate in a brand new program that was. Um, being uh, started in Hartford in 1986. Um, and that was the classical magnet program. It wasn't a classical magnet school, 
The pro, so I had that. So wait a minute. They had that at Barnard. First of all, if you don't know what Barnard Brown is, that is now Capital Prep. Capital right. Capital Brown. So they had they had that magnet, that classical magnet program in Barnard Brown. No, they were Barnard Brown was a feeder. So when I graduated from sixth grade, yeah. Um, there was a, a teacher um, at that school, Mr. Cosgrove, who um, thought that would be a great opportunity for me to take part in this program. Um, and that actual program was at Cork Middle School. Cork Middle, right, yes. Okay. So, so at Cork Middle, um, where I did my intermediate um, grades, seventh and eighth grade, um, I was part of the classical magnet program. Wow. Yes, yes. That program continued um with um the same cohort of students so my friends that i started off in seventh grade um we actually continued our entire educational journey seventh eighth grade transitioned to hartford public high school um and at hartford high there was one section of the school that was dedicated oh, yeah, to, that. to the heart to, to the classical magnet program y'all thought y'all was better so, than us yeah yes yes and and and, and i i don't want to say we thought we were better than you guys i think we might have been but you know we'll leave it at that okay um it, it was also um the place hartford high was the place where um you know for the first time the prospect of going to college and university was formalized for me um i know that there are a lot of people who have you know different experiences and they talk about their um their experience a lot of times not in a positive way relative yeah. to what happened in high school and you know what people you know thought of them or supported them for the next transition i can say that it was through um you know the care the love the education the belief that um, many of the staff members at hartford high had um with me that again formalized that idea that one i was prepared and two um i could succeed um in going to college and so um i applied to several different colleges um here in hartford including trinity and a couple of other places um but my dream school um, has always been um, the University of Connecticut. And so um, after I graduated from Hartford High, um, I went straight to the University of Connecticut Stores campus. Um, and I, you know, I will share a little story later maybe about um, how you know, the feeling of you know, being on that campus as the first person from my family, like in several generations to actually, um, to actually be, you know, to go to college and, and, and to find myself, you know, experiencing that. Now I know, um, daughter, I know your daughter is at UConn right now, right? So right. that's also right. pushing that legacy a little bit forward. Absolutely. And so for me, um, you know, I had, you know, the, the great fortune to, in addition to having great people around me at Harvard High and, you know, people in the community, um, you know, I also met um, the girl of my dreams, my wife um, oh. at Harvard High. Actually, we met at Cork, to be honest. Wow. We sort of started dating. Um, <laughs> and well, you get brownie points now, too. Yeah, we, we've been <laughs> together ever since. Um, awesome. And, 
so we we had uh, one you know time in our lives where we sort of separated um, just for geography. I mean, we're still together, but yeah. she went over to Central, and I was at UConn. Um, uh, graduated from UConn in '96, and in '97 um, we got married right away, and uh, wow. my daughter Samantha was born. Um, I have a pro I'm also a proud father of a 22 year old, um, actually a college graduate. She also, um, like Tyrone said, went through um, and followed through on her father's footsteps. And so I have a legacy of my daughter graduated last um, year. Congratulations. Yes, yes, I'm proud of that. Um, you know, the one thing that I also think that is important for people to know is that, um, you know, in through that sort of uh, educational journey um, yeah. or parallel to that, um, of course, I had, um, you know, all of my experience um, as, you know, a, a, a kid in Hartford, right? A youth um, in Hartford um, with all of the good things and all of the not so good things that um, shaped me. Um, but I am eternally grateful for all of it. Um, I believe that um, it is truly um, those um, things that, you know, have helped to build both my character, my, my work ethic, and sort of my outlook and perspective on how I and what I can do for um, students that I serve so now. You, um, what neighborhoods did you grow up in? You said <clears throat> you around a lot. What streets did you live on? Yeah, so, um, you know, we started off when we, when my, actually when my grandmother came from Puerto Rico, um, she, we had family members in Stowe Village. Yeah. Um, and so um, I was, you know, I was probably, you know, two, three years old um, living in Stowe Village, so I don't quite remember. Yeah. Um, and then we moved from Stowe Village and we actually started moving sort of down Main Street. So we went from Stowe Village um, to Nelton Court, to yep. Nelton Court, to Bellevue Square, and then... They're <laughs> inching down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then from Bellevue Square, yeah. we, we sort of moved um, in a couple of different places. Um, I lived on uh, Brook Street, Center Street, and then most of my time, and including up to the time where I went to Hartford High, before I moved to the South End, um, we lived um, on the corner of Belden and Main, right next to the firehouse on the yep. third floor, that big building. That's where I lived um, for most of my time during my middle and high school. Wow. Um, but, you know, for those of you who know, especially for, um, you know, kids in the, in the neighborhood who were into sports, I went everywhere. Like the North End was my, my domain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so I was, you know, we used to play football up at Waverly. We used to go to the Bo Northwest Boys and Girls Club. I used to play basketball behind Sands. I, you know, so we were all over the place. Um, it, some interesting times, you know, there were some rough times uh, in, in, in Hartford, um, especially when we were in high school. Yeah. Um, and the breakdown between, um, you know, the kids who lived in the North End versus the kids who lived in the South End. And, you know, geographically there was a breakdown, but there was also a breakdown with who lived in the North End. So all of my, my black friends 
yep. were all they were all black and they lived in the north end, but I was Puerto Rican, right? right. Yeah. So my girlfriend lived in the south end, right, where most of the, the, the kids there were all Puerto Rican. Yeah. So I was like stuck, you know? Um, and this was a, a dynamic that, you know, got me into some trouble sometime yeah. because I couldn't go to certain neighborhoods. And even though I was Puerto Rican, I really couldn't be on Park Street because I was considered part of the North End and, mm -hmm. you know, going back and forth. So um, again, uh, helped to shape, you know, who I am today. Um, unfortunately, you know, through that process, um, also lost a lot of, you know, friends, talented, you know, um, people that, you know, I know that with a little bit, you know, more help or some additional support could have done great things, but, you know, no, That's listen, I, I, I echo, obviously, knowing what you're talking about. I, I started my first half in the North End and then spent most of my growing up years in the South End off of Park Street. So we kind of had that opposite, opposite. of where um, you were dealing with the gang violence at that time and the drug dealing and the drive-by shootings and the gangs, whether it was the Latin Kings to the Los Solitos to 20 Love and picking a side and, you know, not being involved in all that, trying to make the right choices just to just to live and get through that time. And I, I, you know, again, I echo that with losing special people in our lives growing up um, as part of that time too. So definitely a rough time growing up. Let me ask you this, going back, I know you went through your whole school career basically up through college. Um, can you remember a favorite teacher through that time? Absolutely, no question about it. Uh, sixth grade, Barnard Brown, Mr. Cosgrove. Okay, and, and is that because of the classical magnet program that he recommended you, or why, why was he so great? So he was great because he saw in me, um, you know, things that I may not have even seen in myself, right? Um, and I know that, you know, people use that as a cliche, but when, when you're growing up, um, you know, in certain situations, um, although, you know, I have to say my mom and, you know, did the very best that she could, um, you know, my, my dad was, you know, around some of the time, but, you know, right. unfortunately didn't make, you know, the best choices. And, and at the time, um, you know, I think that I needed additional guidance. And Mr. Cosgrove was, um, he was just that, right? I write Principal Cologne, and, and I use that um, term endearingly, principal, right? Um, how did you become a principal? So it's actually, it actually was a long sort of winding road. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I went to the University of Connecticut um, and at UConn, I actually um, majored in the administration of human service programs, um, human development and family relations, as a matter of fact. Um, very soon after I graduated, I had the great opportunity, um, really lucky to have been named the um, co-director of youth services for the town of West Hartford. Mm -hmm. um, and in that role, I found myself working with um, schools and being in school buildings. Um, originally, my trajectory was, again, going to take me sort of to this administrative side of running um, youth service programs and um, community-based organizations and not-for-profit, you know, agencies and that and the like. But being 
and, and in schools and working with students, I have to tell you, um, it, it changed my trajectory really quickly. Um, and at the time, um, there was a big um, change that was occurring in West Hartford. Um, so I was, you know, the co-director of youth services. Conard High School was experiencing a dramatic change. Um, and they saw that there were many families from Hartford who all of a sudden were coming into West Hartford. And West Hartford, quite frankly, was not used to, did not know how to um, address a lot of the needs that these families um, had. Mm -hmm. I did some work um, and to try to find out where this new wave was coming from. And what it was, it was pretty simple. Um, Charter Oak Terrace actually uh, was being demolished and all of the families from Charter Oak Terrace um, were being relocated to different parts of you know, the, the greater Hartford area. West Hartford was one of the biggest um, you know, areas where, where these families went to. And so they also then had to obviously go into the school system. So working with um, the, the school personnel, you know, I got to know students, I got to work with students. And when I talk about changing my trajectory, I'm talking about, you know, within the first year of me leaving college, I'm like, yeah, I need to, this is where it's at for me, right? I need to work at schools or in a school. I need to work, you know, in a situation that's going to have me, um, you know, sort of in the forefront of um, what students, you know, need. Yeah. Um, and so, I worked in that position for um, two years and sort of got the, the bug to go back to school so that I can, you know, um, you know get additional uh, education for, edu for education. For a to be a teacher. To be a teacher. And that actually took longer than expected. At the, in the meantime, there was um, a central office um, director who was starting a brand new experimental school called the Sports Sciences Academy. Yep. And that, um, I got to know her because we served on a board together. And I told her about my love for working in schools. And she said, hey, why don't you come over? I would love to you know, give you an opportunity to see what our new school is about. Again, it was super experimental. It was a charter school back then, believe it or not. SMSA started as SSA as a charter school. And um, two weeks later, she offered me a position. Um, I was not a certified teacher, um, but she offered me a position to um, support and run the career services um, department for Sports Sciences Academy. So I worked with the school counselors and um, continued to, um, you know, have sort of interface with students, but I wasn't certified or anything of the sort. Um, soon thereafter, I, um, you know, earned my certification um, in Spanish, and then I, taught it, I started teaching Spanish here at Sport and Medical Sciences. Yep. Once I taught, um, you know, as it usually happens, you get opportunities for leadership positions and you um, sort of showcase some of the, the skills that you have and, you know, people see certain things in you. 
Um, I um, did exactly that. And um, several superintendents ago, um, uh, Dr. Adamowski um, mm -hmm. asked for to meet with sort of teacher leaders and people who are sort of aspiring to um, take on additional leadership positions at the schools. And um, I met with him. He we sort of put together a plan, and I went back to school. Um, to pursue my administrative degree, but I was teaching here at SMSA. Um, he left, Dr. Kishimoto came in as a superintendent um, and, you know, gave me the opportunity to become the dean here at SMSA and then the assistant principal here at SMSA. I, I did that work for about two years before, um, you know, honoring a request from the superintendent to um, take over a, an elementary school, um, which, by the way, I had zero experience. In zero Portland, experience. Right? Yes. Um, she asked if I could um, take over that school um, in October um, of that school year because the principal had, you know, left. I'm, I'm not sure, yep. you know, what happened there. But um, so... I become principal of Moylan or uh, Expeditionary Learning Academy at Moylan at the time. Um, and I have to say, it was by far the best education as a principal that I've ever had. That experience being an elementary school administrator, yep. to me, um, provided the, fo uh, the foundation for for what I believe is one of the most, if not the most important um, uh, function of a principal, and that is instructional leader. Well, I kids, kids are learning at that time. Exactly. They're getting everything in the elementary years that they need to be successful for middle and high school. Right. And, you know, I always say, if you want to see magic, if you want to see amazing instruction and teaching, go to our elementary schools. Um, not everywhere, obviously, but, you know, I think that just sets the foundation. And as the instructional leader, I had to hone my own skills and understand what is that process that students are going through? Um, how is it that students learn? Because, again, when all of my experience in high school, you know, they, they knew, you know, they, they were reading, um, they were engaging, you know, all of that formative stuff had already happened. But indeed it was that um, experience um, i served that community for three years before okay. being asked by another superintendent somebody's always uh, asking you to do something that's seems. right <laughs> um, i actually every single job that i've had I, i've been fortunate really fortunate that i haven't had to apply wow i have never had to apply for a job Okay, so you were asked to do, is this the big one? Is this, is this Hartford this High? Is, this is the pub. Okay. This is Hartford High. Yeah. And so if you can just imagine, right, here I was at Moylan, and all of a sudden they're asking me, hey, would you consider um, being the principal of Hartford Public High School? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's going to be a big challenge. But in my heart, I was like, let's go. Who has the opportunity to be the principal of the school that they graduated from. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. And to this day, I have to tell you, I have moments as principal at Hartford High 
where I would be sitting in my office, which by the way, was my senior, Hartford High has been redesigned, mm -hmm. but my principal's office was exactly where my senior English class used to be. Wow. So I was, I was back, you know, I was back home. <laughs> so so how, could you give up, how could you give up leaving home to go back to SMSA? That's a great question. A lot of people ask me that. So, you know, people have often talked about having the opportunity to have a, had a dream job, right? When I first came to SMSA, my dream was to become principal of SMSA. Okay. And so I, you know, the good Lord's been fortunate. Well, you asked I've been you, fortunate to actually have right two now? dreams come true with okay. my job. Right. Going to Hartford High and being principal there, yeah. um, sort of unexpected. I didn't know, you know, it just happened. And then, you know, was lucky enough to, to be named principal of um, sport and medical sciences um, going on four years now. Look, my question was, were you asked again to do sports and science academy or were you, you were? So I was asked. Um, so the <laughs> principal that was here um, retired. Um, Unlike every other process, though, I, I must say they did make me actually fill out an application. Okay, I got, I got, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But unlike, um, you know, that only happened once. But I, I, you know, I would hate. There were new structures in place like the SGC and things like that that I had to sort of formally go through. But I, I think that I was going to be all right. <laughs> all right. So I did. A, um, I was part of a group uh, about a year and a half ago that was in charge of like trying to organize stuff for middle schools. And part of our task was to go around and ask all of our eighth graders um, who were getting ready to go to high school, what were their favorite, what was their favorite high school, which high school that they wanted to go to here in Hartford. And the number one choice of high school that was a Hartford public school was SMSA. Out of all the high schools that we have, the number one choice hands down for all of our eighth graders was SMSA. Why is that? So, you know, while I would like to think it has something to do with the administrator or the principal, <laughs> I'm going to defer and actually say that um, SMSA, um, I, I just believe that we provide students, have historically provided students um, an opportunity to engage in real relevant learning. Um, so it doesn't surprise me only, and not because you know of our high quality or anything like that, but you think about eighth graders. And by the way, a lot of people you know, um, would think that the majority of our students are boys and that they're all only interested in sports. Yeah. That is not the case. We've had years where, where we have more females than males. Gotcha. Um, but you know, as an eighth grade student, I imagine that you're looking for, you know, that which is most relevant or that you see that you can see yourself succeeding in. Um, and, you know, while I can tell, you know, the high levels of support, I can tell the high commitment that our staff has to our students. Um, I think that for many students um, and families, they see that history, but more importantly, they see themselves being able to succeed um, at our school. Uh, I'm proud of that, and I want um, you know us to be able to continue that, and 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 be the place. I also want to 
yeah, I also am 100% transparent and real. Um, you know, we're a public school. We have uh, everything in our school. We have students that are, you know, really competitively working to, you know, reach some of the highest levels of, you know, college admissions as possible. But yep. we also have students who struggle and who need additional supports. And I would like to think that we just, that my job is to set those conditions so that we can provide the supports for that high expectations like they did with me for all of our students. Now, for, for those people that don't know much about what you offer at the school, what's some of the unique offerings that you have that other schools don't? Um, so I like to think of this um, in two basic areas. Uh, you know, when you come to us as a sixth grader, uh, you know, in, in our middle school, we, we do a lot of um, exploration um, of the themes of sport and medical sciences. So there's a lot of integration of those themes in the types of things that we read, the projects that we do, um, you know, the art that you'll see around the school has, is sort of themed around those areas. The second, and, and that sort of continues in the ninth grade, the second area is um, some of the unique courses that you will, you know, if you were to come to us, I'm gonna say you would um, Anatomy, physiology, um, you will have um, exercise science, um, coaching and officiating, wow. um, athletic training. Those are courses that um, sports journalism, um, okay. uh, you know, so, and we do try to um, balance those out between students who might be interested in sports and or those students who are interested in the medical sciences. So those are courses, sort of discrete courses. And then the third area are just experiences. So we work with, um, a lot of partners, including the University of Connecticut Health Center, the Hartford Marathon. Um, we work with the um, uh, Hartford Hospital, the Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. um, to connect our students so that they can have experiences outside of the four walls of the school to yeah. bring some of that relevance. So they'll do job shadowing and internships. Um, they'll have you know guest speakers. So that kind of exposure helps our students to begin the process of developing their network so that when they do, you know, leave us, they have at least a foundation of people that they can sort of count on. Plus, it helps them also to make more informed decisions about what it is that they do, you know, once they, they go to college and or if they choose not to go to college, what opportunities may exist there. Okay, so obviously we're in a different time right now. Um, I got to ask you about COVID and the effect that it has had on your school population. Uh, what does that mean to your ninth graders as well as your 10th through 12th graders that are in hybrid mode right now, as well as your staff and overall school community? So like, um, you know, many of my colleagues and, and of course, like, um, you know, our students and their families, um, you know, we are experiencing some pretty dramatic um, changes and shifts in um, how we do what we do. And, um, you know, some of those um, changes really make it uh, difficult for us to be able to um, engage everyone the same way that we used to. 
but we're still committed to doing the very best that we can to, to do that. And so when you talk about, you know, the impact on, you know, middle or middle schooler, actually, I'm going to say this in general from middle school all the way through all in-person students in the hybrid model, um, you know, we pride ourselves in developing sort of a family atmosphere where students, um, you know, can count and support um, each other, count on each other for um, sort of that social interaction. Well, unfortunately, due to COVID, um, that can't happen. I'll share with you really quickly that, you know, the other day um, I was covering a lunch wave and, and um, it was hard for me to sort of, you know, scan the entire cafeteria and see, um, or, you know, to see, and I had sort of an emotional reaction to um, watch students as they were socially distant, all facing one direction and, you know, not able to socialize in the natural way that they do um, in the cafeteria. Um, and so it really has um, changed the social aspect of, of school for all students, um, grades six through 12. Mm -hmm. um, I think in addition, uh, and especially for our ninth graders as they, you know, they're coming into a new situation and, um, you know, that social aspect of, of ninth grade is really, really important to them. Um, for those that are in person, um, you know, I, I think continue to experience um, a little bit of a loss there. Um, and then for our upperclassmen, um, I just met with the president of the senior class who is, you know, worried about, you know, the kinds of traditional experiences and um, traditions that occur usually in the senior year. Mm -hmm. And how can we, um, you know, make those happen to the best possible, um, you know, in the best possible way that we can. And so... It, it, it certainly has um, had a great impact on all of us, um, teaching, learning, socializing, um, all aspects that are really important um, in, in the school experience. What about, so the, um, your teaching staff, I know are, are dealing with that um, as well. Can you talk a little bit about how your staff feels at this time? Yeah, so, you know, I, I must say, um, they're overwhelmed. Um, yeah. It is, it is, um, you know, a new way of uh, of instruction um, uh, with all of the, you know, pressures that go along with you know teaching students. But you also have this additional um, methodology that you have to figure out. Um, it's not easy to. Um, you know, deal with technology issues or engagement issues. Um, you know, I heard a, a teacher yes, just yesterday say, you know, there is something about um, teaching remotely, um, especially where I can't see my students' faces, I can't see their reactions, um, that makes it a lot harder than she thought it was possibly going to be. And so, you know, while everyone is sort of, you know, rolling up their sleeves and, and you know, collectively trying to, um, you know, make it the very best possible experience for, for students, um, the staff certainly is um, impacted, um, you know, in, in very many different ways. Um, 
you know, related to how they're able to do what they, you know, have been trained to do in, in a different way. All right. Um, we're wrapping up this wonderful conversation with Principal Cologne from SMSA here in Hartford, Connecticut. You are Hispanic. It is Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, can you talk a little bit about that for your SMSA community and just to you um, personally? So, you know, it, it is interesting um, to me, um, you know, there's, there, are, there are those who figure or, or believe, you know, why do we need, you know, to have um, sort of celebrations of, of certain people and why isn't everyone celebrated? Um, well, there, there are a couple of, you know, answers that I believe are really important for people to know. Um, so the community that we live in um, is represented by several people that, um, that have worked really hard to make sure that the contributions of particular groups of people are celebrated. That's not to say that other people's um, accomplishments shouldn't be or aren't, but um, you know we have traditionally um, had underrepresentation, and so it is important to to highlight um, what those accomplishments are. Um, and for me, being a Latino male in Hartford, um, you know it's important to see, hear, um, and truly just enjoy. Um, the accomplishments that the people that came before me, my, my contemporaries, and hopefully the future um, also have. Um, it's great um, this morning. So we have a, um, a daily celebration at SMSA. Yep. Uh, morning announcements include um, sort of a highlight. Um, and what we've done at SMSA is we're not looking just in general at, um, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. We're looking at, you know, are there Hispanic, um, Latinos that have contributed to the fields of sport and or medicine um, within our school and we highlight them. Um, and we took it one step further this year and what we're doing is we're looking at people from Connecticut and people from Hartford nice. um, so that we can make that sort of relevant connection, you know, for all of our students. Um, so it is a time of um, reflection and celebration for me. Um, and I think it's important for us to do that whenever we can with uh, whatever group we need to celebrate. Very nicely said. Um, I'm gonna get you out of here on this. Uh, in the world of COVID and being on lockdown or just where we are right now, um, a lot of people are binge watching things on TV or coloring up with a nice book. What you got for us, man? What, what, do you, what should we be watching right now on TV? <laughs> so um, I, I keep hearing about Cobra Kai. Uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I haven't watched it yet. Um, Daniel's son. Finished, and yeah. I know that I'm, 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 you know, sort of late to the game, but I just finished um, Ozark and um, a couple of those old, uh, older um, things. But um, I just started, literally just opened up the book yesterday, um, uh, you know, The Water, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' book. Um, okay. And I have to say, I, I have to read more about it, but um, 
just really impactful just the intro looking at how we can bring um some of tony morrison's um ideas i mean his take on um you know if freedom had a memory what that would look like just really powerful stuff wow. and you know it it's um I, I had the opportunity to um, hear him speak and, and for him to sign another book that he had yeah. uh, actually here in Hartford um, and um, just inspired by him. And, and I think that um, a lot of people, a lot more people should read him. That's excellent. I did read his first book. Um, yeah. I got to check out that second one. Um, the Water Dancer. Well, say, say the name of it again. The Water Dancer. The Water Dancer. All right. Well, listen, man, you got to come back on. Thank you very much, man. You've been inspiring, to say the least, man. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. I hope the rest of your you know, school year goes well and we get out of this COVID um, nonsense and your seniors get to graduate in the right way because I know they didn't get to do that um, last year when we ended the school year. Um, and yeah. we appreciate you coming on. I, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I consider... Um, you know, not only our professional um, relationship to be um, one of, you know, true respect, but I also know that, you know, we, we share um, a lot more than just that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, likewise, you know, seeing people that look like you and me um, in these positions are inspiring the next level um, of, of students coming our way. And so if Tyrone and Jose could do it, um, you know, we're going to make sure that the next group does it too. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Man. You should, you should be hosting your own show. man. <laughs> like that. That's awesome. Um, we have been speaking with uh, Jose Colon, principal of SMSA. Um, so on next, until next time, you can catch us on 89.9 QFM in Hartford. We are also streaming on the WQTQFM website and available on your cast box podcast platforms and on Harper Public Schools website. Signing off, this has been Let's Talk Harper Public Schools and I am Tyler.